Have you recovered yet? The Cincinnati Bengals and Philadelphia Eagles faced off in week three. And like one of their most recent clashes, it ended in a tie once again, this time with Joe Burrow and Carson Wentz going at it head to head. We are coming at you with the post-game show here. We started a little later than usual just because of overtime and kind of had to get set and everything. But uh, appreciate you joining us. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Happy to have you with us. You can get all of our shows on any number of audio platforms after the fact or join us live on the Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel and CincyJungle.com's Facebook page where we stream live. So Happy to have you join us, despite the result here. I don't think a lot of fans thought that the Joe Burrow era would start off winless. Uh, 0-2-1, that oh-so-rare third column that occurs in the NFL, yet seems to be something that, in terms of frequency across the league, seems to be pretty frequent with the Cincinnati Bengals. Happened a, a couple of times under Marvin Lewis, and now Zach Taylor gets a tie. And yet again, the Cincinnati Bengals have not been able to close a close game, uh, be it really under Zach Taylor's watch or Marvin Lewis's watch. Uh, Interesting stat. I'm going to share my screen and share some things with you here. Um, Interesting stat. I'm going to kind of go back and forth between Twitter and between, um, you know, some stats and everything for everybody to look at. This is from Ben Baby, who joined us on the program to actually start the season uh, a couple weeks ago. He's a great guest. He's with ESPN. But check out this one. The Bengals have tied the longest winless streak in one-score games in NFL history with 15. They've matched the 38-41 to Chicago Cardinals. So obviously now we're looking at three in a row this year alone. Looking at, uh, you know, I, I believe it was nine, eight or nine the previous year. And then there's probably a couple of others there from... Um, from Marvin Lewis that are included there. So this team cannot close. They don't know how to close. They don't. They drafted a quarterback who is known as a closer, a guy who is known as a step-on-your-throat kind of guy, and, and, and Joe Burrow, obviously. And he's shown quite a bit of that through these first three games, but the Bengals aren't getting in the win column. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with this game. There are a lot of opinions, some of them strong. Uh, there's maybe bound to be some agreements with what I'm saying, with what other fans are saying, and with what you know the talking heads uh, around other platforms are saying. But uh, let's let's do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Let's try and keep it civil. I received a couple of tweets today that uh, we're not very civil um, and we're a little bit unprovoked, really. So uh, try and try and hey, Bengals fans are all irritated right now. We're not happy with the way the season started. So maybe try and keep it a little civil uh, as we as we talk about some things if you can. Uh, look, Danny Verrett says, "Don't you dare throw Joe under the bus." Um, I'm not throwing any. I'm not throwing Joe under the bus at all. That's not where I was going with that. Um, there are uh, there is a lot to like from Joe Burrow. And to me, I almost feel like this was an improvement off a game last week. Uh, he looked sharper this week in, in, and that's saying something based on what we saw against the Browns where he set rookie records for completions, etc. I want to, um, this is the NFL.com score page. Um, so I'm going to walk you through some interesting stats of the day. Um, some things to note on drives. And I think that this, that, that kind of tells the tale of a, of a tie. By the way, for those of you, I'd be interested to hear, does a tie feel like a loss to you? It almost kind of feels 
like a loss. You watch five full quarters of NFL football and I don't know, you just, you don't get, you, <laughs> you kind of feel cheated, I guess. Um, so, I mean, I, I, it feels closer to a loss to me than it does a win. That is for sure. Even though it was a road game and even though a lot of people didn't think that the Cincinnati Bengals would be very good this year, um, you know, it still feels like a loss and and not, uh, not an easy pill to swallow. But if you look at Burrow here, 31 of 44, again, high volume of passes. And, uh, you know, that's, that's to be expected. The Bengals aren't running the ball well. We'll get there in just a second. 312 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, even higher completion percentage, 105 quarterback rating today for Joe Burrow. He was not the reason um, that the Bengals did not did not come out with a win today. There, um, you know, it wasn't a an absolutely perfect day by Joe Burrow, but he made a lot of plays. There were a couple of plays that he ended up making that would have been absolute highlight reel plays that unfortunately were either called back or what have you. So, um, you know, big day from Joe Burrow has five touchdowns and zero interceptions in his last two games, has only one interception in three games so far this year. He's being efficient with the football. He is being pinpoint accurate on these on these crossing routes and these drag routes across the middle. Uh, has a, an enormous rapport built with Tyler Boyd. We'll get we'll get more on uh, Boyd's comments after the game in just a second. But ten catches, 125 yards on 13 targets to Tyler Boyd. Third down conversion machine. Uh, the big play, Giovanni Bernard. You know he had a he had a big run at the end there that seemed to have iced the game. But unfortunately, you know the Bengals had to settle for a field goal, and we know what happened from there. T Higgins, two touchdown catches. Um, you know, there was the long play at the end of the game there where you would have thought Higgins would have come down with the ball. I, I, th- I wish he would have fought for that a little bit harder. Um, I, so I kind of put the fault on T a little bit on that, on that ball. It was a tiny bit underthrown by Joe Burrow, but the defensive back also made a great play. So there was kind of a, would have been a very difficult play for T Higgins to make, I think, but it's one you kind of hope he makes, um, especially going forward. So hopefully he learned from that. AJ Green five catches 36 yards um you know just not the explosive plays and Darius Slay one of the better corners in the game had him blanketed most of the game uh really you know some of the plays that AJ made were of minimal impact and or when Slay was out with what looked to initially be a gruesome uh elbow injury but thank thankfully for Slay you know it it might have been I don't know if it was a dislocation that they just popped back in or a hyperextension or what have you but that didn't look good for a while. So um, AJ Green really, you know, kind of relegated to like like many of the receivers these shorter crossing routes because the Bengals have to get the ball out quickly. And you know that's that's what Joe Burrow likes. He likes to spread. He likes the the spread offense. Have five wides dissect where the pressure is coming from. Get rid of the ball. Find the target and, and deliver a strike. Um, a couple of deep balls were missed, but you know, I mean, again, the quarterback play was not the issue today. There were a uh, you look at you look at the run game and Mixon is is really trying to find running room and there really is not any. There was a pitch late in the second half today that he got, and by the time the ball hit his hands, there were three defenders that had already penetrated the offensive line and and at least two of which were in the backfield waiting for him. Not much you could do there when the blocking is that porous and. Both in the run game and in the pass game, there's just no help up front, and there are no answers up front. And we'll talk more about that. But you can see, look at all the the myriad of receivers here that uh, that Joe Burrow hit. Nine different targets uh, hit on the day, 
And like I said, uh, pretty, pretty high percentage, another 300 yard passing game for Joe Burrow, his second in a row. Unfortunately, it just does not lead to a win for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Carl Lawson on defense. There's, there's a lot to like on defense and there was a heck of a lot to dislike on defense as well. Carl Lawson played like a man possessed today. Um, we can go down here and, and look, you know, you see that the eight total tackles, uh, two sacks for Carl Lawson and, you know, there were other pressures and he, he was in there, I think two other times where he had Carson Wentz in his grasp and let him go. And that was one of the facets today that I found very frustrating on the defensive side of the ball, the lack of wrapping up on first contact and getting either, whether it's a quarterback and granted, Wentz is a big athletic guy. There's no doubt about it. But whether it's getting the quarterback to the ground on first or, or initial contact or still some missed first tackles, um, it was definitely better than it was against the Browns, but still lacking um, you know, that initial kind of wrap up and get get the ball carrier to the ground or you know if it's a sack sam hubbard who had a sack in the game he also had another opportunity to go through his hands in terms of getting wentz down another time so a lot of a lot of frustrations there logan wilson um you know he had the interception he had five tackles he made a couple of nice plays there were a couple of plays also where he looked to kind of be a little bit out of position that ended up being chunk yardage plays for the eagles um but you know a, a good early game in his pro career for Logan Wilson, very instinctive uh, play to get that interception off the tip that uh, DJ reader kind of flicked in the air. Um, Josh Bynes, you know, he's just, he, he had a great first game, not a great game last week. He did okay today. Another one of those guys I saw a couple of times, I believe Miles Sanders got out of his grasp on initial contact where, you know, play should have been stopped for minimal to no gain. And it ends up being more of a five, six yard gain instead. Those are the type of, types of things that extend drives and and get points the things you like on defense though the the two the uh the sacks i mentioned you know you, you had the three sacks of Wentz and then the, the two interceptions and obviously the pressure and the interceptions kind of go hand in hand and there were defensive backs that had their hands on footballs later in the game that they weren't able to corral jesse bates almost made an incredible interception diving kind of going backwards for the ball would have been another pick um they strip sacked uh, went a couple of times and somehow the Eagles came up with the ball. Um, so, you know, I mean, they were, they were getting after the ball. And uh, so, so you got to like the turnover aspect and the Bengals took care of the football on offense today. So you got to like that. What you don't like though, like I mentioned on defense, um, it, the, the lack of stepping up when it mattered the most, the Bengals at the end of the game, they had a seven point lead they need, the, the Eagles needed to march all the way down the field, score a touchdown, convert the extra point. And what do they do with in, in a two-minute drill situation? They allow the Eagles they, – they commit two pass interference penalties, both by their starting cornerbacks, William Jackson and Darius Phillips. That netted I, I, probably about 30 yards or so between those two penalties. And then they just, they just broke at the end. Um, and it – you got a feel for Joe Burrow who, you know, gets him that, that engineers this, this touchdown uh, lead at the end of the game here, defense, defense breaks at the end yet <laughs> in this Jekyll and Hyde nature, they, they held strong in overtime uh, and thanks to a couple of penalties by the Eagles. Um, so, you know, uh, very, very up and down day 
for the defense. One of the things they did do, as I mentioned, though, is get those takeaways. And what the Bengals failed to do on offense for all the great things that Joe Burrow was able to do, they were unable to capitalize on turnovers. They only, I believe, had three points off of the two turnovers. And when you get those turnovers, not only can you not afford to have field goals instead of touchdowns, but to get no points out of some of these turnovers, that's a big deal. And the the, the major reason for that, unfortunately, is because the offensive line cannot protect Joe Burrow. They cannot open up rushing lanes for Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, and they're committing penalties that end up killing drives. If you look here, you can't start the game. Six plays, only 21 yards, punt. Three plays, net eight yards, punt. Second quarter, three plays, three yards, punt. Five plays, four yards, punt. You get a field goal finally towards the, the middle end of the the second quarter, and then the Bengals hit a groove here. They had the, the field goal, touchdown, touchdown, and then a field goal there. So they, they hit a groove late, but you can't start the game with four punts especially with one of those being three plays, eight yards off an interception where you start at your own 44 yard line. Uh, you, you just, you can't, that's, that's not going to win you football games. And um, you know, you can call into the, you can, you can call Zach Taylor and company on the carpet for, you know, some of the, the early play calls you can call, you know, all kinds of different things, but you know, at some point these players do have to execute and they have to, they have to be able to play better. Now, the one thing where you got to point the finger at Zach Taylor, Jim Turner, uh, Brian Callahan is being basically stubborn and obstinate about the status of their offensive line for two, really two off seasons. They really liked what they had last year in Cordy Glenn and Jonah Williams. Well, Jonah Williams got hurt. Cordy Glenn was, I guess, hurt the entire, basically the entire season. They really liked this Fred Johnson kid they picked up. Well, you know, two starts into this season, he got benched at halftime today. And Billy Price comes in. Billy Price had a couple of nice drives, but then in true Billy Price fashion, uh, major holding penalty to stall a drive late in the game, uh, another false start penalty, and you know some of those old demons come to roost at, at right guard there. So unfortunately, the Bengals have not made heavy draft investments in recent years, uh, be it you know, first round, second round picks, really in offensive linemen. I know Jonah Williams. I know Billy Price being the outliers there, but um, really stockpiling the other positions is, is kind of what I'm referring to. And for the last two off seasons, Zach Taylor, Jim Turner and company have really been promoting the status of this offensive line. And it's been atrocious. You look here, I'm going to switch again. We're, we're looking at NFL.com, their stat page. Uh, let's, let's go down here on their defense, count them up. Two sacks for Brandon Graham, two sacks for Derek Barnett. One and a half for Jalen Mills. There's five and a half alone right there. Six and a half. Another one from Fletcher Cox. Seven and a half. Uh, one from Josh Sweat. And uh, another another half from Malik Jackson there to give him eight sacks in the game. Now, not every single sack was just pure poor blocking by the offensive line. Joe Burrow did uh, run into maybe one or two of those. Um, so, I mean, and, and that tends to happen from a, a player that likes to ad lib and, and tries to maneuver around the pocket. You're going to live with that, but eight sacks guys, eight sacks, you can't win football games with eight sacks and you can't win football games. If you're giving up eight sacks and you can't run the football, if you're running the football well, 
and you just can't pass protect, that's one thing, but you're not doing either. Um, and, and really these, it's no coincidence at all that if you go back to these drives, the field goal drive, the eight play 56 yard drive for a touchdown, uh, again, the 10 play 70, 71 yard drive for a touchdown. And then the other field goal drive, there was actually some capable blocking on those drives. And it is no coincidence that that is where Joe Burrow tore apart the Philadelphia Eagles. So you can't, you can't win in some, I mean, even if, Zach Taylor called a perfect game or, you know, on offense or Lou Anarumo dialed up certain things. You just, you can't win when you give up eight sacks. You can't. And uh, it's the Bengals can try and mask things as they want up front in terms of scheme and, and, you know, uh, trying to mask the weaknesses, if you will. But unfortunately some of these high investments that have not paid off Billy Price um, and and these other investments that are, you waited until day three to invest, Michael Jordan, up and down day again. Um, you know, you had Xavier Suofilo, your loan free agency acquisition. He's not even on the field today. I, I mean, you're getting what you're putting into the offensive line. You're seeing that as the byproduct uh, in terms of investment. And that's just kind of the bottom line. Jonah Williams did. I, I have to go back and look at the tape. I, I do think that Jonah Williams did play pretty well today. Um, didn't really hear his number called for negative reasons, but, uh, I do, you know, I, I may end up putting my foot in my mouth there. I got to go back and look at, look at kind of some tape on that, but, um, you know, he and Hopkins remain kind of the linchpins on the line and it's two average to above average players at those spots. Uh, and then you've got a lot of wild cards at those other spots. So, um, you know, eight sacks, can't, you're not, you're not going to win games that way. Not going to win games that way. So um, that kind of told the tale quite a bit of what happened with the Cincinnati Bengals as they tie the Philadelphia Eagles in week three. I'm Anthony Kazenza. I'm going to be here for a couple more minutes with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. Um, get this show and, and our other podcasts on the Cincy Jungle channel on any audio streaming platform. And then of course, if you're watching us on YouTube right below, I believe it's my, my left shoulder, you'll be able to click that little logo, that icon and subscribe to our YouTube channel, or go ahead and like the Cincy jungle Facebook page as We put up a lot of stuff there. Also we're on Instagram too. I don't know if, if any of you are IGers out there, but we had an, we had an Instagram page for a handful of years. It was dormant for a little while and we're kind of waking it back up. So um, we're doing some more stuff on Instagram. So check that out if you're able. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 
com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of negative things here. Let's let's talk about how um, this game ended and some decisions by the coaching staff and what's ahead for this team. Look, you still want to say Zach Taylor's a really young coach, both in in years, but also, you know we're now 19 games into Zach Taylor's um, Zach Taylor's head coaching regime. And he also never really held a true coordinator position. Um, he kind of got elevated pretty quickly there in the NFL. So uh, I, he's still kind of learning. You've got another guy, Brian Callahan, who, you know, fresh guy that he's also kind of in those same shoes. Lou Anarumo, a guy who's been around the NFL and coached the NFL for quite a while, but never as a true defense, full-time defensive coordinator. He's kind of interim guy. So you have a lot of guys, unfortunately, still learning. And it shows. It shows not only where these massive dry spells on both sides of the ball occur. And, uh, you know, I mentioned to start the to start this game, four, four punts in a row, right? So on offense for the Bengals. And then, of course, the Bengals are just Jekyll and Hyde. They, they came into this game, I, th- I believe, rated seventh against the pass and 31st against the run. So just total Jekyll and Hyde and the lack of whether it's on offense or whether it's on defense, the lack of being able to take the game by the throat, make the plays that need to be made in crunch time end the game and get a win. That still plagues this team, even with Joe Burrow, one of the most clutch players we've ever seen at the college football level. And it's not on Joe. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that this team still has yet to figure out ways to grab wins when they are there. When you lose 15 games, 15 games of a very, well, I should say, I shouldn't say lose because one of them is a tie, but when you either lose or tie 15 straight close games or one score games, like the stat I mentioned earlier uh, that Ben Baby threw out there via ESPN stats and info, um, you know, that's not, uh, that's not ideal. That's not ideal. You got to figure out ways to close and that's on the coaches. That's on the players. That's on everybody. Um, you know, when you're, when you're up a touchdown and there's a couple minutes left and you go out on defense and you give up two major pass interference plays within, within three total plays, <laughs> uh, on a game, on a game time, possible game tying drive. That's just, I mean, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. The other thing with the coaching decisions, and there are differing opinions on this, and I understand, but a lot of people like myself question the final play of overtime when the Bengals had the ball. They did have one uh, one timeout, I believe, left, but there was, yeah, 19 seconds. I get it. And you're at your own 10. I get it. You're, you're not really going to do something that's likely going to win you the game, but my, my stance is this, and I understand you, your quarterback's been hit all day too, by the way. I understand. You don't want to do that. Maybe there's even a small chance of a pick six and you get the loss out of it. I understand that. Um, so I, there are a lot of stances 
against my opinion that I do. I understand. I, I understand why in some ways that call was made. However, you drafted a franchise quarterback that you want, obviously throwing the ball often before that tie, you are two and 16 as a head coach and you're not winning games. And earlier in that game, you, you decided to punt a ball, punt a ball away on your first possession. I believe that was a fourth and short, in the opponent's territory, you don't go for it there. And then at the end of regulation, you also kneel. So you have a lot of just kind of give ups uh, at critical, critical points in the game. And that's where, that's kind of where I have, and then you're not winning games anyway prior to that. So that's kind of where I get a little heated, I guess, in that decision. But look, I mean, there were so many other opportunities, as we say every week. There's so many other opportunities for the Bengals to to grab this win. You look at that amazing play that Joe Burrow made, where he avoided tackles, eluded a, a would be sacker, and makes this awesome completion to T. Higgins. T. Higgins got pushed out of bounds. That play gets called back. Um, you see what the Bengal what happens with the Bengals. Geo gets him in in really good scoring range to you know really ice the game. The Bengals get a touchdown. They end up winning the game, and, and and you know they would put the Eagles down by I think eleven at that point. So you know it's instead what happens. You know you get the forty-two yard pass to Gio Bernard on a little on a little dump off. You have a minus one yard run. Um, you have uh, you know another pass to T Higgins that you get a first and goal. Then you have a five-yard penalty on Billy Price. You have a one-yard pass. You have a sack, an eight-yard pass, and then you have to settle for the field goal, which gives you a seven-point lead instead of the eleven-point lead. So, it's it's the little things. You got to do these little things correctly, and unfortunately, a lot of them start on start and end on the offensive line. That's that's the uh, that's the bottom line. I see someone uh, kind of got past me a little bit. Connor, somebody said 18 plus quarterback hurries. I think uh, I'll look for that comment to share with you guys too, but yeah, it's just, and at some point if you're Joe Burrow, I mean, he's not going to publicly throw his teammates under the bus, which is admirable. And that's what a quarterback is supposed to do. You kind of fall on the sword a little bit, but um, I, I would assume internally, he's probably stewing about the amount of hits he's taken, the amount of sacks he's taken and I, I, I'm sure Jim Turner, Zach Taylor, and company are not comfortable with it as well. How could you be? There was one hit today. It was a late egregious hit by Malik Jackson um, on Joe Burrow that caused him to leave for a snap. But um, you know, it's those types of hits that make you just cringe. And you gotta, you gotta protect your your biggest asset, which is Joe Burrow. And when he gets the time, he has shown you what he can do. Even even when protection isn't perfect, he has shown you what he can do. And, uh, it's, it's very good. Um, so, you know, the Bengals need to figure out something. I think, unfortunately for this year, it's going to kind of be, how do we mask it with what we have? And next year you kind of, you know, you had your fun picks this year with quarterback and wide receiver and, and those sort of things. And maybe next year's draft is basically just the meat and potatoes where you do all, all offensive linemen and, and load up on defense again. So, um, that, that may be what they're what they're thinking of, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of us thought that maybe the Bengals would be one and two, two and one at this point in their schedule based on the talent here, and here they are, oh two and one. I don't think every, I don't think any of us would have predicted a tie, uh, unless you were kind of joking around a little bit. But uh, you know, winless to start the Joe Burrow era in three weeks is not, I don't think, how we how we envision this. 
Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> um, gonna go through some of these comments. Some of you are, are, are comedians in here. Pretty funny. Uh, Dennis Smathers hashtag Bungle Forever um, reminds me of Marvin. Josh Holland says, um, I, you know, this might be the reality from Fred Dixon here. Both teams are bad. I don't. Th- yeah, I, I, you know, I don't. If the Bengals are a bad team, I, I wasn't overly impressed with the Eagles either. Um, Carson Wentz looked like a guy that was very pedestrian. He, he, he scrapped through and made a lot of plays with his legs today. Um, but overall two interceptions could have been way worse was hit a lot. And if you, if you want to really get technical about it, that with the, when the Bengals took the lead, the prior drive, Philadelphia had a big play, a touchdown opportunity. Miles Sanders beat Akeem Davis gather down the left sideline badly. Wentz had him pretty, he had a, couple of steps on Davis Gaither Sanders did Wentz floated one looked like it was going to be an easy touchdown and he just sailed it um so there was a lot of misplays I don't know if Carson Wentz is kind of having some some uh you know mental hurdles that he's going through on the field there but I was not overly impressed with I was impressed with their pass rush but their pass rush was going up against the offensive line of the Bengals that is not impressive so um I don't know I don't know how much that tells you and uh, the prior week the Eagles couldn't even touch Jared Goff. By the way, Andrew Whitworth's on that line and was the highest rated pro football focus offensive lineman through two weeks. So the very next week they get eight, eight sacks against the Bengals. Go figure. I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's getting, uh, we're going to, we're going to get out of here in just a couple of minutes. Um, it's getting kind of, uh, you know, Lather, rinse, repeat, unfortunately, with some of the excuses and some of the same reasonings and these close games, it just gets frustrating because I I assume for the locker room, it has to be very, very frustrating because, um, and and I'll share this with you in just a second, but uh, I mean, they're so close and they just can't close. And um, it's, it's a little, it's a little frustrating. Um, I'm, I'm going to share some, again, this is from Ben baby. I'm going to share some quotes that he had some post game quotes um, from Tyler Boyd uh, that are really <laughs> pretty, pretty interesting um, and pretty candid. So I'm going to share these with you here again. This is from Ben baby of ESPN.com uh, Bengals Tyler Boyd seeing Joe Burrow on the ground so much. It sucks. It hurts me because I know how much Joe wants to win. Uh, let's go back to Ben's thread here. You can see this one right here. Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd later said he wants to fight anyone who hurts rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow. Um, you got to love that. You're at this point who, to Boyd, who is your best receiver. You got to like his fire and his grit and his willingness to protect his quarterback and wanting him to obviously be upright. In this one, uh, he also says, by the way, Joe is one of the toughest guys I've ever been around. I haven't been around him long. This one, guys, this one is a little worrisome. Uh, Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd on all the losing the last couple of years. It's starting to affect me. It's starting to hurt a little bit. I don't want that to be a thing for us because we're a talented team. Oh boy. Uh, don't like hearing that. And uh, especially not from a guy who's one of the most productive players right now. Um, can't have your star players disgruntled. And unfortunately this franchise, when it, when they have been losing, unfortunately it's been uh, kind of a theme that there's, but their best players just kind of show quite a bit of public dissatisfaction going forward. The other thing hurting uh, we have yet, as we, as we take this, 
as we tape this pro game uh, post game show, the, the Ravens have yet to take the field against the Chiefs, so there is still a a divisional game to be determined on Sunday Night Football here. Um, however, the Browns, who were down in the third quarter, twenty to seventeen, to the Washington Football Team, ended up beating them, so they are now two and one. The Steelers, who were losing to Houston, ended up beating them. So they are now three and zero. So the Bengals, if they want to make any kind of postseason push, not only do they need to make massive improvements and learn how to win these close games, but uh, they're going to need to probably beat those teams. Um, they're they're going to need to beat the, the division teams. No duh. Right. Uh, they're they're going to need to show those, those teams that they can play with them and Joe Burrow can play with them. I am petrified as to what, will happen to Joe Burrow against the Pittsburgh pass rush and the Baltimore pass rush as it currently stands and what we're currently seeing. The Pittsburgh pass rush was already, uh, it has already been an issue even when the Bengals had some of their best offensive lines in the Marvin Lewis era and into now the Zach Taylor era, it, it, this offensive line continues to be an issue. And I'm really worried about what that will look like. Um, later this year, uh, the Bengals have the Jaguars next week. And then I believe they have the Ravens in week five. So um, another divisional game coming right around the corner for them. So the <laughs> playoffs, don't talk about playoffs. I, I, I see you, Josh, doing a little uh, Jim Mora. I like it. Um, look, guys, unfortunately, this is not. The, uh, the results, some, some of you may have expected this. There are a lot of people that actually expected the Bengals. Just this was a rebuilding year. Um, I think deep down we all felt that that was going to be part of it. But maybe just the talent they brought in, the, the transcendent quarterback that they brought in, we thought maybe this would going this was going to be something where they make a playoff push. They still can. Um, 0-2 teams have <laughs> not a great track record of making, I believe, in, in the in, since 2003. It's about 10 11% end up making the postseason that start 0-2. Um, have yet to see an 0-2-1. Probably got to research that. Um, but I, I assume it's still kind of akin to an 0-2 start. So, I mean, look, they're a young team. They're young in a lot of spots, including the coaching staff. And there's a lot of room of, for improvement. There are talented pieces here. I want to say this before we get on out of here. We talked about Tyler Boyd. Um, I mentioned T. Higgins had those two touchdowns. Auden Tate was activated today after being a healthy scratch last week. And then you had John Ross, the healthy scratch this week. So I, I, and Mike Thomas, by the way, active again, had a couple of catches today. And he obviously is a guy that Zach Taylor is trusting in this offense. So I don't know what this means for John Ross going forward. It probably doesn't look good, especially with T Higgins grabbing two touchdowns today and showing you know, size, route running ability, et cetera. There are, there's still a couple of rookie issues that popped up today for T Higgins, but I am impressed with him and I'm impressed with Burrow, obviously, but you know, I think green's making catches, but they're not the explosive plays. Um, your, your, your best targets right now are Higgins and, and Boyd. Those are your most, your most reliable uh, targets in the offense in terms of making big plays, scoring touchdowns. So, um, you know, I don't know what this what this means for John Ross. I don't know if they're going to try and move him before the deadline. I don't know what it means for Auden Tate. I mean, he had a couple of looks today. Nothing, no huge impact for him, but um, he did have he did force a pass interference penalty uh, in the end zone. But other than that, you know, stat sheet wise, not a, a gigantic day for him after being inactive last week. So 
The wide receiver group is also still a work in progress, even though there are a lot of talented guys in that group, and we'll have to see what happens. Who knows? Maybe Ross comes back, and he's the guy who returns punts, and Erickson gets inactive. I don't know. I, I totally just throwing that one out there. I don't know. But um, that's something they're they're figuring out. The issue is, you know, these are the types of things that you can tell they're trying to work with different combinations on the offensive line and wide receivers, they being the coaching staff. They're trying to do all of these different things, and they're not – they're not finding the right fits, at least not quickly. And, you know, here we are seven, uh, you know, 17, uh, I'm sorry, 19 games into Zach Taylor's regime. And, and they're still kind of trying to find their way. And uh, that's not an ideal situation, not an ideal situation. So I see here, Dennis Smather says, uh, trade green, trade Dunlap, trade Gino, trade Geo, cut heart. Um, I, I, I don't think you can trade uh, all of those guys, but I think, you know, potentially if this season continues to go down the tubes, green is a guy that may be a coveted asset out there. Ross may be also a coveted asset that maybe you get a pick. Maybe you get an extra offensive lineman. I don't know. The one guy that I am kind of curious about, they made a waiver claim on Shaq Calhoun, a, a guard that was with the dolphins, a young kid, um, you know, had some starts down there, not great pro football focused scores, but um, they obviously liked him. They didn't like what they saw from Fred Johnson for six quarters at right guard. Billy Price continues to be roller coaster ride. I don't know. Maybe Calhoun's a guy that can provide some steadiness. I don't know. I don't know. But a lot to figure out. More questions than answers, as it usually is with the Cincinnati Bengals. But the Bengals tie the Philadelphia Eagles in week three, 23-23. They have the Jaguars at home next week, um, and that seems to be a winnable game based on what we saw out of Jacksonville on Thursday night. But we'll see. We'll see. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We're going to get on out of here. Been been at it for about 35 minutes. Thanks for all your feedback. Thanks for all your comments and for tuning in live. Thanks for keeping it to CincyJungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, and uh, shows like this. We appreciate all the support. Try and hang in there. Not the not the greatest start to a Bengals season. Let's hope they turn it around and start getting some wins. See you next time.